All right, guys. How you doing? Filling in for uh, Bill tonight. He's down in uh, uh, Florida, watching the Phillies uh, spring training. So I have uh, I have some thoughts on. I got excited early in the game because Amac was out, and they actually had a decent start to the game. And all that ridiculousness with the Elliott penalty, and then the goal that shouldn't have been the goal. Goals, the Sandheim goal in the first, and then the second period was kind of boring. And then the Blue Jackets kind of pushed play in the third period, but a great play from Voracek and Sandheim tied it up. And then they lose in overtime on a play where Panarin blew past Giroux, but it was towards the end of a shift in overtime, and he provided a couple offensive chances of his own. So I'm not really going to I'm not gonna blame that on Drew or anything. I thought Voracek played pretty decent tonight. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, there were two or three times where most of the games this season he would – he always carries the puck in the zone, always sets up a play. But then he often looks to pass. I feel like there were two or three times tonight where he decided to shoot, and one of them paid off pretty well with the the, the goal in the first. Um, I thought Hartman didn't have a great game. I mean, I just remember the the penalty he took on Duchesne was pretty bad, kind of ill-advised. JVR set him with a great pass in front. He didn't even come close to hitting the net from the slot. JVR, by the way, had a, a what should have been a ridiculous goal too, but it got called back on offsides. Um, I liked how Gordon went with Giroux, Voracek, and Katori in the third period uh, when the team needed a goal. He threw him out there. And uh, Travis Anheim. Travis Anheim is a monster. Uh, ten career goals now. His second two-goal game against the Blue Jackets. So pretty much just telling me he's playing Columbus every night. Um, and Elliot. See, I didn't. Elliot made a lot of saves on two on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. And um, I thought he didn't look great. Still, he didn't know where a lot of his rebounds were. Didn't look sure in a lot of his saves. And uh, tonight had two. Pretty bad goals against. Uh, not the first one. First one I thought should have been called back in goalie interference, and we'll talk about that because I really try and be objective with the whole goalie interference thing, but I feel like the Flyers have not gotten one all year. And the second goal we should have had on Panarin. I know it's Panarin, but that was that was still a pretty weak goal in my opinion. I mean, he was hugging the post and just shoved it through him. Third one was pretty atrocious. I, I think he should have had. I don't care if he was screen or not. That was a floater from the blue line from Scott Harrington. So it's not really – I mean, that's not really, <laughs> like, uh, the most difficult save in the world to make. So uh, now now we'll take some of your questions and see what you guys say. Uh Yeah, Andrew, I think you summed it up. It, it really did feel like the opposite of a typical Flyers game. I was excited because Amac was out. I was like, this is their chance to actually play well, make sure he never comes back in the lineup. And then they came out and they played pretty strong. And I don't want to say that the questionable penalty on Brian Elliott killed the momentum, but, I mean, it kind of did. That was just a weird, frantic period overall. But I don't think – I guess I see where the refs called that a penalty on Elliott for a delay game, I guess. But – uh I don't think he was – I don't think that was intentional. I think he was trying to react to the puck. He was trying to catch it. Saw he was going too far and nudged the net off 
the pegs. And then when he realized that was off, he just pushed it off. So then the rest would see it. Not really a, I'm about to get scored on. Let me push this all the way out. Uh, and then the goal, the first goal against, uh, Jenner got tangled up in Gudis. I don't think Gudis initiated that contact at all. And then he fell over into Elliott. That's it's goalie interference. And I've only done like six or seven of these this year. But I remember the second game of the year, we did a Colorado game. And I there was a questionable goal with goalie interference. And I said, hey, I mean, those calls, I'm pretty sure I said the calls are going to equal out over the year. And, you know, if that was another team and they had called that a goal, we would have liked it. But it, it really does feel like not offsides calls, not high sticking, not kicking it in, but goalie interference calls, I, I just feel like the Flyers never get them. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. And it always feels it always feels like we're on the wrong side of those calls. And I really don't know what it is. So, um, let's see what else. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I, I mean, I've, I've felt like the season has been over for a little while. And not, you know, not like stop caring or paying attention. There's still things to watch. But I, I really didn't think they were in uh, reach of a playoff spot. And tonight kind of made it even worse because they are now, I think, seven points out again. And that was a t- that's a team you're chasing. Had a lead. I mean, they should have closed it out, but the – they come out like they did in the third period. The Blue Jackets kind of dictated play early in the third period. Not really the best showing for a team that is looking to make the postseason. Um, but I mean, I don't. I mean, possession-wise, the top two lines in tonight, but especially the second line. Um, but I did. I think Voracek had a great game, and I think um, I mean Sanheim had a pretty good game. Hag. I'll never get. I mean, Hag just looks terrible to me at all times. Um, uh, he, I think, if his contract was the same as McDonald's, we would be complaining about Hag more than we are. Uh, I kind of hope he's not here after next season. Uh, I was kind of hoping he got traded, but we'll we'll see how that works out. Yeah, so Andrew, that's I was alluding to that earlier. Andrew's talking about the OT goal and Drew, and I know he got. I, there's a couple things, and first of all, the play does not look great for Drew at all. I mean, he got he got walked, but it's Panarin. He's pretty damn good. It was towards the end of his shift, and they were. I mean, all Gordon was throwing out there were the the trios of Pro Ralph, Drew, and Vorchek, and then Katoria, Konechny, and Ghost. So, I mean, after a game, and Drew's already played, you know, however many minutes, and I know pro athletes and fatigue and everything, but that was the end of a shift, and they had just spent the rest of the shift in the offensive zone creating chances, and then I think he was, you know, there's a minute left. He was trying to get off the ice before that happened. Um, I don't know. I mean, he is, I mean, he was the main reason why the zone entry happened, and then the Flyers were just kind of out of sorts, but you'd like to see him put a hit on Panarin, but at the same time, it's not like fucking who's something bad on the blue jackets it's not like scott harrington walked by him it was it was artemi panarin the guy that everybody's gonna be trying to get in the offseason so i i don't know it sucks but it happens um no let Provy play all the time he wants i i think uh sanheim for a while for 
I think Myers looked great again tonight. I want to keep the same defense. Just after all the years of Haxtell, I'm paranoid about the this happened with with Haxtell too, where they finally sat McDonald for a couple games, and then they lost, and then Haxtell was like, "Oh no, no, we got to get McDonald back in there." And you know, Scott Gordon is showing that he's definitely not Dave Haxtell, but there's still that fear of. I don't know. I'm just I'm just worried about McDonald coming back to the lineup now <laughs> with this loss, but it shouldn't happen. All I mean, well, Hag didn't look great, uh, but I would say the other five defensemen looked pretty good. Ghost had a pretty nice play at the end of regulation, which I know uh, some of you don't want to talk about. Uh, let's see. Uh, love Drew, but he screwed up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean the the final goal he, he didn't look. Drew didn't look great. Um, Craig, Bill goes to Florida and selling Bryce Harper signs. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Bill is the reason why. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Harper's going to uh, reject the contract once Bill comes back from uh, from Florida. That's what the That's what the situation is. Kyle, it's a bummer that Panarin didn't poop himself tonight. Yeah, out of all the pan- out of all the games that we would need Artemi Panarin to shit his pants, you would think this would be, you know, a crucial game in the playoffs scenario for the Flyers. If you think they still have a chance, it would have been nice if Panarin shit his pants. Uh, this would have been the one that we had his towards uh, towards quote from. But uh, more in time, let's see what we got. Amac should never play again unless injury. I agree with all that. I want to see Samarin. I know I dunk on Samarin a lot. Uh, not because and not because I don't like him. I just think some people really, really overvalue what he will be. But that doesn't mean I don't think he's going to be good. I think he'll be a five or six in this league. And if he brings a physical element, drives play, and kills penalties, whatever. That sounds good to me. Uh, so I, I would like to see Marin. Um, I know he's. Been getting some games in the uh, AHL. Actually, I don't know how he's played. I don't know how many he's played in the AHL yet, but I know he started playing again because the conditioning is set. Actually, um, I don't know if they can. I don't know if they can call him back up because they just had the fight. They just had the paper transactions and the deadline, so I'm not sure what the deal is with Marin. But I'm I'm here to see Marin right now. I don't know how this team can absolutely forget how to hockey during a game. Hey, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know how they. I don't know how they do it sometimes either. It's amazing. Drew has been a turnover king this season. Yeah, I mean it's still Drew. He's still doing Drew things. Uh, I don't trust Fletcher's ability to acquire Zach Thomas. I don't trust Fletcher's ability to acquire talent, and his scouts that he brought were average in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean that's. You know, that's an off-season thing, but that's kind of one of my concerns about Fletcher. Uh, and I know a lot of people have opinions about Hextall. Everybody should have an opinion about Hextall, but I thought the one thing you could rely on with Hextall was he understood that a lot of, a lot of the league now is letting the big contracts go and replacing your superstar. Bring up that talent. But there's a lot of talent in the pipeline. And we knew that Chris Breyer and the scouts that were here did pretty good. Have to see how he does in Minnesota. And 
you know, Fletcher has the whole history of kind of misjudging talent early on in Minnesota with Brent Burns, but I, he hasn't done that here yet. We'll see what he does. I, I'm anxious to see what he does at the draft and during free agency, but that's still, we still got to let it happen. Um, Brian, do you think they have a legit shot at Panarin? I don't know. I don't, I, w- I want to say they do. I, I, I think guys like Panarin should be on the table for the Flyers this offseason. I saw a comment about how the top nine is nowhere near other teams' top nines. I don't really agree with that, especially if they go out and they get somebody like Panarin. I mean, the top line, the line of Limblom, Voracek, and Katorhe has been pretty damn good, and I don't know why the success of that line would stop anytime soon. Drew Patrick and Neknash has been recently put together. I don't know if I really want Patrick as the top-line center, but if you go out and you get a big-name center and put him in between Drew and Konechny or just move Drew back to center, uh, I think the top nine could be pretty damn good. Harmon is better at 5-5 five five than Simmons, uh, even though he may have not shown it tonight. But he, in terms of driving play and tilting the ice towards the Flyers' favor, Harmon is better at that. Um, let's Trying to keep up on the comments, guys. Uh, Phil Garrett, Craig, what up? Nothing. Uh, quick, why is JVR getting so much OT ice time? I get his goal scorer. Yeah. Uh, example of that on that last rush when I don't know if he caused a turnover or if he got the puck in the neutral zone. He could have been gone, um, but he's not exactly the most speedy forward. So he got he got held up and sat back and was waiting for some help. Um, Again, I mean, that was that was towards the end of overtime. And I, I said before, I, I, all I saw Gordon rolling out there were the two trios of Drew Vorchek, Provorov, and Ghost, Konechny, and Couturier. So those guys needed a break at some point. So maybe that's why they threw them out there kind of late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, I love I, – I've been seeing a, lo- a little bit of JVR hate recently, but uh, – I like him, but I don't know if I would. He would definitely be down the pecking order for who I'd want to see out there um, in three on on three on three. But again, I think he may have just been out there to give those other guys a breather because that, that's fucking intense. There there weren't any whistles, and that overtime was going on forever. Those guys must have been exhausted. Um, if we win a cup by twenty twenty one, will Bill shave his head? I'm not Bill. I'll answer that for you, though. I'm going to say he will. I'll just make that guarantee uh, for him. So if the Flyers win the Cup this year, next year, or the year after that, Bill will shave his head. We'll see what he says. He may not not even know that bet's on, but Jordan, remember that. He can help. Uh, Oh, wait, hold on. There looks to be a good comment here I want to touch on. John Cursor, at least we don't at least we aren't salty as Islanders fans. Yeah, you know, I I think the only thing um the only thing that really irritates me about the whole Islanders thing is and we'll talk about this real quick. Toronto is at Toronto fans are acting like Islanders fans are crazy, but if a player prime from Toronto went somewhere you know how batshit crazy Maple Leafs fans would be at their return game? It would be fucking obnoxious. It would be worse. I think it would be worse than whatever happened tonight in Long... Well, 
they did throw stuff at Tavares, so maybe not. That's pretty bad. Uh, and then also there's a lot of people coming to the aid of Islanders fans, like, oh, don't you get it? Don't you get how much this sucks? Yeah, I, we do. I, I, Well, I do. I'm an Orioles fan. Fucking, this happens every other offseason, I feel like. Just Orioles stars players are just leaving. Manny Machado left this year. It, it, it didn't even impact me. And But at the same time, again, if that was Philadelphia, like if Philadelphia lost a guy like Tavares and left, Every, everybody would be laughing at us. Nobody would be fucking defending us. It's so annoying that Long Island gets the defense of, oh, well, they're hurt. That was Philly. They've been like, oh, everybody's throwing batteries. It would have been some stupid jackass comment. So that's the only – it's my whole Tavares rant for tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, Tavares I'm – I'm fine with the Islanders fans booing him. This is uh, – uh, Zach responded, Tavares asked for this. I'm fine with them. They can boo him. They – all the chants are fine. It's all fine. I think it's just the throwing stuff is all... Toronto's reaction to it, like Islanders fans are crazy, even though I have been. And then also just the national reaction defending Long Island when if that was Philadelphia, we'd know there would have been jokes left and right. I mean, Drew's, are, I don't understand. Are you saying Drew's not good? Is that what's going on? Not good. I'm not talking about that. Flyers won a cup by 2021. Camp style will not have <laughs> Camp Tabbit will still not have started a damn game for this team. Yeah, I don't know if Camp Talbot's real. We'll see if he, he he's supposed to start tomorrow night, and I think he is going to be the backup for next season because I I don't I don't really trust um I don't really trust him. I said backup right and say starter. Okay, backup. Um, yeah, going to games. Don't worry, I'm not sure. Uh, we're going again. Okay. Well, what do you want to see Drew traded for? I'll go with that, um, Aaron. Whoever you're responding to. But um, yeah, I mean, down the rest of the season, I want to see Sandheim get more time. I want to see Myers get more time consistently. Sandheim is so good at. Um, you're really good at activating from the blue line and just finding ways to jump in offensively and not really put his team at risk. And he had two great plays like that tonight. The first goal was just a lot of trap or a lot happening, a lot of commotion in the crease. And he jumped up and was able to put in a rebound. And then the second one, he saw the, the feet where the feet could go from Voracek and he jumped to that area and Voracek hit him with a great pass. I mean, that was a great pass too, but it was a lot of, uh, Sandheim's instincts and jumping up in the play. Myers, Provy, Sandheim, three on three OT would be something. That would be, that would definitely be a first. Two defensemen out there is a big deal. Um, I mean, I, I really wouldn't be against it. It would just be a, who, who would be the forward. <laughs> uh, actually, I think out of those three, I feel like Sandheim would be the forward, right? I think. He seems to be one that's most willing to drive to the net and has no problems getting back. But Myers also has a ridiculous – he's got a ridiculous motor. The guy just doesn't stop moving. Camp Talbot. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not reading that response, but that's the Cam Talbot, Montaitea. The joke is pretty good. Drew for Mike Trout. I mean, at this point, I don't know if they're going to need the trade for Mike Trout. He might just – I wonder – see, I'm not – uh, 
I'm not as big a um, baseball guy as I used to be. I mean, I know how good. I know how good Harper is, obviously, and I know how good Trout is. Uh, I wonder how much Harper coming here impacts Trout to possibly get out of L.A. I mean, we'll see. But uh, I wanted to see Freeman at some point this year, too, since Myers is up here. Uh, he's he'll be the first guy they call from the AHL. I don't really think a lot of people. There was a lot of hype around Myers, and early in the season, you can or early in his tenure up, you can see why there's been a lot of hype for Myers. Um, and Freeman, I mean, it's just quietly had a pretty good season in the AHL. I feel like I, I don't feel like as many people are talking about him, but might be uh, missing the Freeman love too. Uh, let me look at my notes. Let's see what else talk about for this game. Uh, yeah, again, none of the lines really did that great in terms of um, puck possession tonight. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought Elliot, not just with the goals too, I thought he was giving up a lot of rebounds. To his credit, he did stop Panarin about a minute of the game-winning goal from Seth Jones, but um, I, I I don't know. I, I think it's got to be it's the rest of the next couple of games have to be Cam Talbot. Like I want to see him tomorrow. Now I want to see him Sunday because I I get starting Elliot tonight. You know the team still believes they're in it. I know they still think they're in it. Um, but at some point you got to you traded for Talbot to see if he can be the backup for next year. He's the mentor with heart and everything, but at the same time you want to see. If if he can actually play behind this team, see how he does, see if he's going to be – I don't think Elliott's going to be here next year. I know there's going to be, like, pretty much an open tryout for backup next season with the group of uh, ragtag goalies they got right now and Talbot, but I really feel like it's got to be it's got to be Cam Talbot as the backup next season. Uh, I love uh, – He's the kind of player that's going to get so much. Yeah, I I mean, again, Phil Myers being up here earlier can speak to both. Um, Hacksaw a little bit of hand on that, and then Fletcher also took a while too. I just don't I, – I think my, my thing is we rolled over new coach, new GM, brought in – Wilson for Gordon, Gordon Murphy and fucking Andrew McDonald was still getting consistent ice time. And there's really, really nothing to like about his game. There, there really isn't. And I mean, I'll even defend him. The The goal on Tuesday against the Sabres, that was not his fault. Uh, but we had to defend him two on one early on. But at the same time, that guy's at a fault for, at fault for a lot of goals against. And he just flubs a lot of easy plays. And, his metrics are bad. He's bad. If you're just going off eye tests, I, I don't know why he's always been a regular in the lineup. And I think the se- I think the seven D man games were to kind of work Phil Myers in to see if he would be um kind of all right, you know. See if 
can handle his own. And they, they even had Myers out there on the, the penalty kill tonight. And this was uh, something I wanted to talk about too real quick was they had a four-man unit of uh, Myers, Sanheim. A reason why I think this penalty kill has sucked for years has been they're, they're, they're not their worst players. I mean, Belmar and Vandebelli were on the kills. Uh, Hag, McDonald, like guys that – and I think Hag was, Hag was still out there tonight. But when the Flyers' penalty kill used to be good, like years ago, 2013, 14, before, Drew was out there. I know I don't know how everybody feels about Matt Reed, but Matt Reed was a serviceable player, had hands. Him and Katori used to dominate – killing penalties and it just wasn't them killing penalties it was taking the play the other way and that's something that um, Arizona Coyotes have a billion shorthanded goals this year and it's a nice element to add to your game if you know maybe if you're not that strong five and five like Scott Gordon's Philadelphia Flyers are if uh, maybe can pitch and goal some other way and the power play starting to do it a little bit again recently over the last month Maybe throwing a couple shorthand goals every once in a while be kind of nice change of pace. Panarin or G? Uh, G is the better player. So Faraby play last weekend. Yeah, Faraby is going to be a monster too. Faraby, like Myers, is a guy evidently with just does not stop playing, but just an endless motor and keeps going and going. I haven't seen um, Faraby play a lot. Because uh, he's in the NCAA, but he he is the I want to say he's the biggest forward prospect after Frost that we should be excited about. That first period was I think the weirdest with the the Elliot call. They actually called that, and as we saw, um, they don't always call that. They had a, uh, I think it was a stadium series game where Matt Murray just decided to kick the net off and then just keep pushing it, and they didn't call it. I, I feel like we see those plays happen all the time where the goalie does knock the net off its pegs and nothing happens, and then this is the one that they decide Elliot was doing too much, and I really thought, uh, and then you get the unlucky uh break with the power play goal after that that I think should have been waved off. Again, goal interference, who the fuck knows. Then the uh, JVR goal waved off for an offside, and he scored it between his legs on a real greasy one. Uh, the Bork- Bjorkstrand goal was called back because of a, a kick that he kicked off of Provorov skating in. Just a weird, weird first period. O'Brien is 20. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, O'Brien's had a real. O'Brien has not looked great um, so far in the NCAA. And O'Brien is a pick. I remember when I used to do the um, last season before the draft, I was doing like get to know draft guys. And I did Jay O'Brien, and I, he was supposed to go early third round, I believe. So it's, I mean, I liked his game. I liked him. I wanted the Flyers to take him, but I feel like taking him in the first round is is kind of too much. Like I thought it was a little bit high, but you know, drafts. It doesn't really matter if the guy pans out where you took him. But I thought the 
O'Brien picking may have been a little bit too high for him. Isaac Ratcliffe is a monster. Isaac, the Isaac Ratcliffe trade is one that has grown on me. Um, I, I didn't like the idea of packaging picks to get Ratcliffe in that draft. And it was for a bigger guy who seemed kind of slow. And then over the last couple of years, you can tell that it looks like he's going to be a monster when it comes to professional. Uh, John, am I crazy or did the Flyers kick a puck off an opponent into the net? Well, I believe Bill Meltzer was tweeting about this. Limb kicked the puck and it went off an opponent's stick and then. The Bjorkstrand goal was he kicked the puck and went off Provorov's skate. The puck and have it go in off of an opponent's body, but you can kick it in if it goes off an opponent's skate. I don't know. I, I mean, I know apparently that's what the rule is. I'm not going to explain why that makes sense. I, I don't, I mean, I feel like a kick is a kick. And if you're going to say one kick doesn't count, the other ones shouldn't, but... I believe that's what the rule was that Bill Meltzer uh, shared. Again, I'm not going to be able to explain why any of that is, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, of like Keandre Miller or Keel Thomas too. Adam Ginning, that, that might be... Gilling might be the one draft pick. No, actually, no, that might be the draft pick I like the least during the, the Hextall tenure. Uh, or Ty Smith, yeah. Although Ty Smith, I think, was already gone. Uh, are you using a plus-minus stat for why a player is good or bad? Is that what I mean? Uh, Matt, you will love Jay O'Brien in three years. Book it. Yeah, I mean, okay. I'm not. I I mean, I watched a little bit of his highlights up there, uh, and he. I mean, he looked good. It's just, I, uh, you know, he's a freshman getting acclimated to the NCAA game. I guess there's going to be some lumps in there, and you're probably not getting the top ice time that he would have gotten if you're putting up. Fucking 80 points in a high school season. So it makes sense. I mean, I, you know, it's a prospect. I don't want to give up on him yet, but. Um, John, uh, yeah, John, there you go. That's that's it. Because the NHL likes splitting hairs in stupid situations and being possibly vague in situations that require a well-defined rule. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I There's really, I saw that rule and I I, I I just don't I don't know I didn't I didn't get it. It's similar to the when the Flyers played the Caps earlier this year, and there was an the Caps scored an empty net goal. The Flyers took a penalty after Oshie entered the zone, but it was offsides. So the Flyer took the penalty after the offsides would have happened, but apparently they put in the rule book even if you know they deem the playoff sides and the penalty happens after the whistle would have blown. It's still a penalty. Like that makes no sense. The play should have stopped at the offsides. The, the uh, ensuing penalty should have never happened in the first place, but NHL is fun. They've got some fun rules that totally make sense and we should never question them. 
the three on three overtime. Is that what you're, you're talking about? The whole package and three on three overtime. I can't believe there are still Drew haters, man. I, I, he's not the reason why this team hasn't fucking made the playoffs and, or I mean, won a playoff series in forever. The team has had some pretty shitty defenses until now, and they haven't had goaltending. And now, I mean, next season, hopefully they have Carter. I mean, Carter Hart should be the answer in that. This defense looks like it's better, and now they have some cap space to add in some more talent, maybe bring up Aaron Frost. Um, also, if you're talking about Panarin, by the way, you have to remember Panarin's first two. Seasons of his career, he was on a line with Patrick Kane. I think that's important to remember here when, you know, again, KHL experience and then being on a line, one of the best point producers in the league. I think that kind of plays a hand in it. And he's looked pretty good. And he's looked really good in Columbus. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying Panera versus Drew is a weird argument. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, and hold on. Um, between Farabee, Frost, and at least two NCAA guys, we have had quite a few who should be top nine NHL forwards. How do we fit them all in? Well, I mean, they would just eventually trade people. I mean, uh, my whole philosophy, too, is I, I don't think it should be just limited to the top nine. I want to have... I want to be able to roll four lines and there are going to be guys that, you know, are just bottom six guys and can produce pretty well in the bottom six. Uh, I think O'Brien is supposed to be projected to be a guy like that in the bottom six, who we should be happy with in the bottom six. Um, and I mean, the whole idea behind drafting and developing too is if it gets crowded, you trade away some of your assets and you bring in things you need. That's what, the Lightning have been doing. Uh, it's what the Seth Jones, I mean, Seth Jones won tonight, but the Seth Jones were Ryan Johansson trade. That's what it was. Predators still have four really good defensemen, and they traded away Seth Jones to get a, a center, a, a top six center that's pretty good, and Ryan Johansson. So that's ideally what you're going to want to do whenever these guys, I mean, Frost may be up here next year. I know a lot of people are gung-ho on him being up here next year, but he, he didn't really have a good camp. And I know he can't do anything else in the OHL. Still the AHL, and we'll see what he does. And Farabee is still a couple years away. I mean, we still got to see how contracts work out and players can decline. And, I mean, there's you know, there's, there's going to be a little bit of time before those three guys are, are NHL capable. Uh, uh, Goose needs to be paired with the play driving. Yeah, I agree. Um, I yeah, because I mean, Gudis Hag, Gudis Hag, that pairing was the pairing all summer. I was worried about because the top, the top four made sense mainly because Sandheim, for some reason, always drove play pretty well with McDonald and uh, Pro Ralph Ghost looked like a pretty good pairing last year. You know, things haven't quite turned out that way. But I still feel – I don't know if Goose needs to be – I want to say played – he needs to be put with a mobile defenseman. Hag, I feel like, is too – is too – he can't have two crease-clearing defensemen on the same defensive pair, I think. Because uh, then you run the situations like the shift late in the game where neither of them were able to help clear the zone. And, I mean, it's 
Gouda's drives play pretty well away from Hag. It's just a matter of, I, I mean, if the McDonald issue is finally solved, then the next biggest problem on defense is is Hag. But again, he's not great, but that contract is, you, you might be able to go to team in the trading for him in the offseason or at the trade deadline next season. No, no, no. I, uh, I said, are you talking about the Predators? Yeah, I think they did too. Yeah, I mean, the theory of trading Seth Jones for Ryan Johansson is the right idea, but I, I, I think I'd rather have Seth Jones or Ryan Johansson. I think they should have. I mean, they traded Sam Gerrard in the um, the Shane deal. I mean, you could maybe wait a little bit. Try to pull that one off, but trying to keep up with these comic guys. My computer is being a little, a little wonky. Um, top the uh, top ten D. No, I agree. He's very, very good, and he was good. I mean, he was good in Nashville too. It's not so not maybe not the two players not deal. But the idea of if you have a ton of young defensemen, trade one of them for a good forward. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe they should have evened it out and not made it a one for one. Maybe the Blue Jackets should have been sending more uh, Columbus's way. I mean, uh, Nashville's way. But ideally, that's what that's what you like to see. Uh, do you think they keep Amac around because he? <laughs> do you think they keep Amac around because he reanimates the dead corpses of the goalies the Flyers run into the ground? <laughs> I think they keep Amac around. He's there's got he's got to be like the best cook on the team, or he's always buying beer for the guys, or he's always like I don't know. I I don't know what he does. He's always paying for covers at bars. Uh, he's doing something that people just want him around. Like, everybody wants him around. It's not just a one guy is linked to keeping Andrew McDonald around. It's a theme that uh, just the hockey men love Andrew McDonald for some reason. Don't know. He is visibly bad. Um. There's no reason to keep AMAC around, trade him to freaking planet Mars for all I care. I don't know what Mars would have to offer, and also I don't know that there, but I agree. I agree with the sentiment. Also, that Bill Clement whole speech about goaltender interference tonight, I I didn't know he was drinking or but I mean good for him. Because that was that was a whole rant. I appreciated it because the goalie interference stuff with the Flyers is kind of nonsense, but you know. Uh, hey, Craig, going to the game in New York tomorrow? He's in Talbot's. Uh, I'm not going tomorrow. I will be watching. I might be here again tomorrow, guys. So if you like this or you don't, just heads up. I, I'm probably going to be on the, the one tomorrow. Uh, okay, thank you, Paul. I, I, I My computer also sucks, but still. <laughs> Zach, I, I agree with you. I... I defend I like Gudis and he does drive play, but I especially this season and where the Flyers are at this point in time and knowing only's got he's only got one more season and you know Myers is here now. I think you could have 
gotten a lot out of a team for Gudis. I don't think that that's shared with other people that that uh, viewpoint. He's a right-handed shot. He's a stay-at-home guy, and he's been talked about all season as the Flyers' best defenseman by, you know, some people in the, the media and the fans and everything. And the other GMs look at that, and they'll give up a lot for that. And I mean, I was looking at got like I thought the package for Montour was a lot. I thought package for Ben Lovejoy for being Ben Lovejoy was a lot. I know I've talked about him now here and yesterday, but still Ben Lovejoy. I feel like if Ben Lovejoy is getting that, you could probably get a decent amount from Gudis. Yeah, okay. So Kyle, you're, I mean, you're making a good point. And also this goes back to why I, I would never want... I know it's a hot topic that I'm not going to discuss at all right now, but that's why I don't want to trade Ghost either. But I think it's still – I mean, if you're going to have – you know, eventually if you're going to have prospects, so many prospects that they're just not going to make the lineup, and there's no room for them to go anywhere, you're going to have to trade them. You, you, you can trade them to get tangible things back for your roster now. You have to be able to pick out what the true talent is. And when I think of – when I I say that I'm thinking of situations like the point in time when the Caps had Holtby, Varlamov, and Neuberth. Sounds funny now with the Neuberth addition, but there was a point in time when he was a serious player to be the starting goalie. They knew that they should have kept Holtby, and they managed to get the most in a trade for Varlamov. I believe Varlamov was traded for first plus. I think that trade was a while ago. I forget now. Um. And they they rolled they rode with Holpe and they they found the right you know it's a lot easier said than done, but that's just the, those are the calls you're gonna have to make, and eventually if you keep bringing up good prospects, it kind of does not matter who leaves because you can just do what the Lightning are doing and just plug and play when players get hurt or they leave. You don't want to try and do a lot, continually trade away good young players and then misjudge the old players you should be keeping and re-signing. Sam Gudis was ne- uh, never get that kind of turn. He's good salary cap. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I- I'm not... With Gudis, I- I'm fine keeping him. I was just saying, if you wanted to... If there was ever a time to trade him, I thought it would have been at this deadline. And I just think that he... I don't know. Like, I if it means more ice time for Myers, that's that's great for me because I'm thinking right-handed shots. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if Goose is here next year, that's that's fine too. It's just for a team that is that I thought was out of it, or I think is out of it, and you wanted to kind of maximize your assets and kind of move forward, then you would go with then trading Goose. Let's see here. Uh, don't you? <laughs> You dare hypothetically trade my guy Jake? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not trading anybody. I'm not going to trade anybody. So paying Harper too much. Yeah. No, I thought. Uh, I so I'm not a Phillies fan. I, I mentioned that I'm not a Phillies fan, but I would say I mean the Phillies are probably my. I love the Flyers and Eagles, and I I just I don't keep up with baseball as much anymore. I, I don't know why. Just kind of falling out of love with it. But the Orioles would be my third favorite team. I think the Phillies are right after that. And it's a Philly team, so I'm happy. You know, I'm not fans of the Phillies or Sixers, but I still watch them, and I hope they do well. 
And I mean, when they win, I'm going to go out and celebrate with everybody. So there's no pettiness or anything when it comes to Bryce Harper and the Phillies. I'm pretty happy for the Phillies today. Are they are they in the running to win the World Series this year? They made a lot of good additions, but trade JVR in two years when Radcliffe Fair be already. I mean that would that would be that could be an option. Um I think the thing with that would be the term on JVR's deal, but again, Radcliffe or Farabee, I could see I see I could see Ratcliffe really filling in the JVR role. Um, but I think it might be, I mean, we'll see what happens. That's the, the issues of having too many prospects now is I think we're seeing it on defense. I don't know if it's there with the forwards yet. And I don't know. I mean, it might come to a head in like a year or two, but I, I don't think we have to worry about anything yet with the uh, too many forwards and the prospects up. That AMAC with Starfish trying to block the Mars rover from completing its mission. <laughs> oh shit. That's um I mean that's pretty good. Have you ever seen a player hag lead a team in hits but have so little of a physical presence? I don't know where these hits are coming from. I mean, I agree with you. Uh and that's the thing. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we make fun of like, you know, hits and block shots and things like that. They are important. It's just when the first things you positive things you have to say about a player are they can hit or hey, they can block a shot. Doesn't really mean they're good. And when you think of hag, what are the two things you always hear about with hag? The one, I swear to God, Jim Jackson, he's on his headstone. It's going to say, Robert Hag, league leader in hits. That's what it's going to say. We hear it every goddamn game, and it's great. It's a fun stat. He's not clearing out the crease. He's still getting worked. And it's, I, I, it really is. Like, for somebody whose biggest strength is supposed to be hits, his, his physical prowess is just not there. Um, 10-1 now to win the World Series. Was four. Okay. I mean, that's pretty good, right? I don't know where that ranks with other MLB teams, but I also have no idea what the Phillies pitching looks like. Do they They still have Arietta? This is how much, this is how connected I am with baseball. I literally have no – you could name players, and I'd be like, all right, cool. Good for the Phillies. That's great. I know McCut- is McCutcheon's still good. I know he was good. Um, How about Jake Gardner and Ron Dezingle as Flyers free agent options? I haven't looked too much in the Dezingle. I know the period of time is pretty good in Ottawa. Uh, they also had a pretty, I think, a pretty dirty hit on Nolan Patrick tonight, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Jake Gardner wouldn't be opposed to. But again, I mean, I think that, I don't know, I think the defense is, I think they have enough guys. Uh, I mean, you remove Hag. Or, I mean, you remove McDonald. I mean, you remove Hag and McDonald, but you could remove McDonald. I don't know how likely that is. I don't know how much we should be reading into him finally being scratch-scratched by uh, Gordon and company this late in the season. But if he is gone, um, you could just sign another vet defenseman as a seventh, as a seventh D and just go into the season with what you have now. And then you focus on adding some forwards. Um 
would you offer sheep brain point? Would I offer sheep brain point? Absolutely. Is it is anybody gonna have the balls to do that? No. This is the NHL. Nobody does the off sheet thing. It's a it's an old boys club. They're all buddy buddy and they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But if this was an actual business and you're trying to get the best and cut people off, Braden Point should have about three or four offer sheets. It's just not gonna happen. He's not gonna get offer sheeted and Mitch Meyer is not gonna be offer sheeted. I would offer sheet the shit out of both of them. It's not gonna happen though. Yeah, the growing like the growing cap is a good point, uh, Paul. I just, I mean, it's still, it's still seven million. Like it's, I don't know. It it, it will become more tolerable for teams to want to trade for it. But I mean, I don't know. See, I'm not, I'm not really all for trading JVR right now. This is what I mean. There's been a lot of talk about trading JVR. I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I want to see. Uh, Uh, I just want to see Ghost Pro V, Sanheim, Myers, Marin all play together for a month. Oh, yeah, Marin will be up. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah, I would like to see that too. I, I, I mean, it's just, it, I don't understand GMs. They, they're all, they all seem to be friends with each other. And, and if they really wanted to win, if they actually wanted to go after it, they would just offer shit people. I, I guess it's the, like, if the Flyers were to offer shit. I guess a good example is if you look at Holmgren and Weber. Uh, in a way, I think the Flyers got lucky that Weber didn't sign here. Or ultimately, the Predators countered the offer. But that was pretty much the beginning and end of Holmgren's time as a GM. Once he did that, no other GMs wanted to trade with him because he offer-sheeted. He tried to rip Weber away from Poyle and the Preds, and he kind of put Nashville in a bad spot. And then all the other GMs kind of bond together. And I was like, hey, man, that wasn't cool or whatever they fucking do at their meetings. And that was pretty much the, the end of the Holmgren's tenure. So I think if another GM tries to do that, they're going to get the same. They're going to get the same treatment and that nobody wants to be blocked out of future trades or knowing what's going on and who's on the block and all this kind of shit. Um, I, the lockout's coming either way, Sam. <laughs> That's all I. I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the that whole offer sheeting is a whole thing that's going to blow my mind for a while. I mean, it blows all of our minds. You guys are talking about it now, and we talked about it a lot too. But it's just. Guys like Point and Marner are going to get paid. I mean, Kudrow wasn't getting paid. I, I don't know. I don't know what these agents are doing, and I don't. It, it's something with the hockey culture where they don't. Players just, just don't go out and get what they deserve sometimes, and GMs just don't go out and take what they should try and take. Like if you were a GM in the league right now, you should try and go get Brain Point. The Flyers should go and try and get Brain Point right now in the off season. Was not for sheep, but. Uh, is there any up and coming coaches you would want to look at next year or would you want to go with coach Kura? Yeah, I don't want, I don't want Scott Gordon here next year either. Um, I just, he hasn't shown much and he's starting to fall in some of the pitfalls of the cliche coaches out there that aren't that great. Uh, I still want coach Q. Sheldon Keefe is a 
big option that's been mentioned a bunch. Um, I'm sure they're got. I, you know, I honestly, I when Coach Q was fired, I started looking at options, and the couple names I landed on were Quinville, Tibbet, Dave Tibbet, and um, Sheldon Keefe. But Sheldon Keefe would be the big one for me because he hasn't had a shot yet, and he he seems to have some some um, new ideas that would, I would I would like to see at the NHL level. Also, Dallas Eakins. I know that's a name that's probably going to get laughed at, but I mean, he coached the he, his chances with the Oilers, and if you're coaching the fucking Oilers, you, you don't really stand a chance at all. Yeah, Chris brings up a good uh, article on the Athletic about GMs being buddy buddy behind the scenes, and yeah, I mean, F- Fletcher is a hundred percent not going to be. He he feels like one of the guys is part of the old boys crew. I feel like Hextall would have been a guy that was not part of that crew. But anyway, guys, I've been talking. I mean, it's been 53 minutes, and um, I'm glad. Yeah, Brian's with me, too, with Sheldon Keith. But uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the few that actually managed to stay for the near hour. And, of course, thank you for the questions. Uh, again, if you actually liked hearing what I said and like my voice and can kind of you know, manage looking at my face for a little bit, I will probably be doing this tomorrow. Not sure yet, but I'll be here tomorrow. And since I'm doing it, we'll probably be doing it after a 2-1 to one loss to the Devils or some, some kind of bullshit. So I will see you guys tomorrow. I wrote about Oscar Lindblom today. Go check that out. Pretty much he's just been doing well. That's what the article is about. But I will... I will see you guys later, and uh, until then, peace.